Hola y bienvenidos a Sex and Spanglish, where we empower mujeres to get in touch with their bodies, own their pleasure, and where we discuss all the cochinadas our abuelas didn't tell us about. Hi all, my name is Ana, a certified sex coach who is earning a master's in social work and human sexualities education. I created this podcast as a way to start a conversation about sex in the Latin community because, let's be real, we don't talk about sex in our communities. It is my vision to have La Familia Latina discussing sex with one another, just like they do with chisme. Bienvenida. Today, I'm going to be soltando toda la sopa about pelvic floor health. Yeah, the past two weeks have been so stressful. Se me están saliendo las canas. My grandma has been in so much pain, um, you know, like body pain. And I don't know if it's arthritis or like what the hell's going on. But, you know, she needs extra help. And, you know, we took her to the doctor and they're like, well, we don't want to take her anywhere because of coronavirus, you know, whatever. So anyways, she needs extra help. So she already needs extra help in general. So anybody that knows me knows that I help take care of my grandma. Um, it's just something that, that I decided to do. You know, as um, a Latina, I pride myself on that part of my culture that we take care of our elders. Anyway, she's been in a lot of pain and she needs extra help. So she needs help, you know, going to the bathroom, which she normally does anyway, but she's usually more helpful. Um, but when she's in pain, she she's not very helpful. And I've come to notice that she's in so much pain that she can't hold in her pee or her pelos. I'm like, dude, like, what the fuck? Like, I'm wiping you and then you're farting in my face. Like, this is not cute. And it it got me thinking, like, pelvic floor health is vital. It is so, it's not only important, like, it is necessary for us to have pelvic floor health. So the fact that she can't hold in her pee and the fact that she can't hold in her pedals is because her pelvic floor is not strong enough. You need to have a strong pelvic floor in order to be able to hold in, you know, um, your what I call the three P's, the pee, poop and the pedals. Right. So I don't want to have that when I'm older. So I don't want to, you know, pee, poop and echar pedos without even trying. Like that is embarrassing. And it's also annoying to anyone that's trying to help take care of you or if you're do like if you're taking care of yourself, maybe like that. No, I'm not trying to go there. So I definitely, you know, was like, damn, like I need to start um, paying more attention to how strong my um, or how even how weak, you know, my pelvic floor muscles are. I really need to get those strengthened. So the pelvic floor muscles are the group of muscles that stretch from over your pubic bone um, to the back of the tailbone. So they're, they're a pretty uh, large group of muscles and they support your bladder, your bowel, and your uterus. So they kind of like hold everything in. Um, so if you, you've probably heard of these before, pelvic floor, you know, and if you follow me on Instagram at sex and Spanglish, I did a whole week on this. Um, so you're probably at least familiar with the term. Um, if you've heard the term Kegel exercises, this is what they're talking about. They're talking about your pelvic floor. So if your pelvic floor muscles are not strong, if they're weak, you can experience peeing when you like involuntary peeing. So, you know, when you jump, when you laugh, cough, sneeze, um, if you have the urge to go to the bathroom and then you stand up and you just start peeing, that's also um, a 
a hint that your pelvic floor muscles are weak. Um, oh, and also, just this is just like a side note. If you have the urge to go pee, you've already waited too long to go to the bathroom. When you have the urge to pee, that means that you already, like your bladder's already full. So you need to go and empty your bladder before it gets full. So before you have the urge to go. Ideally, you should be going to the bathroom every two to two and a half hours. And I know you're like, who the hell has time for that? And I get it. It's it's annoying. It really is. But if you want to prevent this and you want to have strong muscles, it's very important to go before your bladder gets full. So you need to continually go. And and also, if you have frequent like UTIs, it's better to go to the bathroom more frequently anyway, because you're pushing out that bacteria. Another thing, um, this is also like another side note, but it's very important. When you go pee, do not push out your pee. Let your muscles relax. Just sit. So sit down, you know, and just let just let loose, <laughs> like let your muscles relax and it'll come out. And it does take a lot longer to pee, like significantly longer to go to the bathroom. But don't be pushing it out because pushing it out can actually push on your muscles. And over time, that makes your muscles weak and it makes them protrude like it is this whole thing. So just relax when you pee. And if you have any if you have any questions or clarify want clarification about that, just go ahead and email me at sexandspanglish at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at sexandspanglish. Um, another thing that you can experience from weak pelvic floor muscles because it covers your bowel is you can have bowel leakage. So poop and pedos pueden salir if your muscles are weak. Like that's fucking disgusting. And in my case, like, I'm like wiping my grandmother and, you know, like, I don't want any involuntary bedles coming out or poop for that matter. But anyways, so you can also have um, trouble keeping tampons in. You can have trouble orgasming. You can have constipation, incomplete bladder emptying. So like if you go to the bathroom, so if you go pee and then you still feel like you have to go and then you go like a few seconds later, um, one, this could be a symptom of a UTI, but it could also be um, a sign that you have weak pelvic floor muscles. You can experience burning when you pee. Again, this could also be a symptom of something else, so a UTI or an STI, but it could also mean that you have weak pelvic floor muscles. Um, you can experience pain during sex, um, pelvic organ prolapse, which is essentially your organs, they fall inside your body. That's that's crazy. Like you don't want that. So you've likely, like I said, you know, you've likely heard um, people talk about this and or recommended. You know, you do Kegel exercises. You've at least heard the word or had people tell you to do them or that you need to do them, and you're probably like, why the hell do I need to do these, right? Well, they strengthen your pelvic floor muscles. So the muscles that I was just talking about, that if they're weak, they can do all those symptoms. You know, create all those symptoms that I just talked about. Um, doing your Kegel exercises strengthens that pelvic floor, strengthens those muscles to prevent those symptoms that I just mentioned. So um, you only need to do Kegel, um, Kegel exercises when your pelvic floor is weak. If it is tight, do not do them because you're going to make it worse. So if you experience pain, um, you know, when you have sex or like when you pee or anything like that, you likely have 
um, tight pelvic floor muscles. So you do not want to do Kegel exercises when you have a tight pelvic floor. If you have a tight pelvic floor, that means that you are not fully releasing those muscles, fully relaxing those muscles. So think about if you went around all day with your arm um, flexed, right? So you can flex your arm, like show off your muscles or, you know, whatever. And you kept that flexed all day. That's essentially what you're doing um, all day. If you have tight muscles, you're flexing that muscle, right? And when you go to do Kegels, you're flexing it even more. So why would you flex it even more if it's already flexed? You need to learn to fully relax those muscles before you actually build them up. And the reason you're experiencing pain is because they're tight. So think about like a muscle that you never really use and then you finally go to use it and you're like, oh shit, like I am not that flexible. It's the same thing. So you need to learn to relax those muscles before you go on to um, doing the Kegel exercise. So if you have weak muscles, that is when you want to do Kegels. So weak, do Kegels, pain, don't. And again, the involuntary three Ps, P, poop, and pedos come from weak pelvic floor muscles, which is why you need to do Kegel exercises. And then for tight muscles, not only will you experience pain, um, vaginal pain, you'll experience constipation, burning when you pee, and that is something that you need to check with your doctor because it could be a UTI, it could be an STI, it could be BV, um, any list of things. So you definitely want to check with your doctor when there's some kind of burning and when there's pee. Um, I would also, so you do want to check with your gynecologist, but you also want to check um, out a pelvic floor therapist if you're having, especially if you're having pain when you have sex. I am of the belief that everyone needs to see a pelvic floor therapist at one point in their life. Um, and definitely if you're having pain. Um, the one that I recommend, I recommended her in episode one. Her name is Sarah Tonza. Um, she is a pelvic floor therapist based out of Santa Cruz, California. I can leave her website in the show notes. It's pelvicpotential.com. She's also, she's also on Instagram. Um, I believe it's at pelvic potential. Um, I've tagged her before in a post on Instagram. So go ahead and look for that. Um, but I'll definitely leave her information in the show notes. Um, if you decide not to see her, you know, that's totally up to you. The reason that I recommend her is one, because I've personally seen her and I think that she's an amazing pelvic floor therapist. And she's also um, sex positive. That's so important. So your medical professionals, in my opinion, all need to be sex positive, especially if you're going to be talking to them about sex. So you're like, well, Kegel exercises, what the hell do they have to do with sex? Well, guess where those Kegel muscles are located? They're located around your vulva and your vagina. And that's what you use to have sex, right? So they need to be sex positive because if it's affecting your sex life, you need to be able to talk to them about it. So not only do you need to be confident enough to have those conversations, you also need to be, your, your practitioner needs to be confident enough to have those conversations with you. Because sometimes you'll be confident having those conversations and your, med your medical professional won't be or they won't know what the hell they're talking about, right? Like a lot of times we don't learn sex education from our parents because they don't know what the hell they're talking about. They just know how to have sex and that's it. They don't know, you know, the anatomy and, you know, other things like that that I'm here teaching you, um, which is why I created this podcast. But, you know, Sarah is very knowledgeable about sex and, you know, 
the possible trauma and things like that. And she's very sex positive. So I definitely recommend her. And she's also doing virtual um, visits as well, as well uh, due to Corona. So I would definitely check her out. Uh, she's worth, well worth um, the money. So again, why do Kegels? You want stronger and more intense orgasms. If you want easier childbirth, better bladder control, overall sexual health, these are all reasons why you would want to do Kegels. Moving on to la cochinada del día. Today's cochinada is the clit is the size of a bean. Actually, no, it's a lot bigger than that. Um, the clit actually extends from the inside of the body out. So what you see on the outside is actually just a very, very small portion. So think of it like as an iceberg, like you see the tip of the iceberg, like over the water, and then underneath, there's like this massive thing. That's kind of what the clit is. Um, so the clit actually extends to the inside of the labia. So the part where the hair grows on the, on the vulva, the inside of that is actually, that's part of the clit. And then it's actually into the abdomen as well. So um, I'm actually going to link a picture of the clit in its entirety um, in the show notes. So be sure to check it out so you can see. And I'm actually going to put one on my Instagram as well. Um, but definitely check out the show notes for that picture. And moving on to Ask a Future Doctora. Today's question is, does whiskey dick really exist? So for those of you that don't know, whiskey dick is when a male or a penis owner um, drinks too much and then they can't get it up or they, you know, they can't get an erection. So yes, it does exist. And it's, it's actually the alcohol. It's not just whiskey. I'm not sure why they call it whiskey dick, but this like where names come from really uh, intrigue me. So be sure to check out my Instagram stories. Um, I'll figure out why they call it that and then I'll put it on my stories. Anyway, um, it's because of the alcohol, not because necessarily because of whiskey. So it's not the type of alcohol. Alcohol is a great way to relax, but consuming too much of it, it can actually prevent blood from going to the genitals. So you know how when you get drunk, you kind of like slow down, like after a while, like when you're super drunk, like you're like really lethargic or you're like moving super slow and things like that. So think of your body acting in the same way. Like if your body is like fighting to because when when you get drunk, you're essentially like poisoning your body temporarily. So if your body is trying to fight like to survive, like your body thinks it's dying, then it's not going to be worried about getting an getting an erection or achieving or experiencing an orgasm, right? Like it's trying to save you essentially. Like it thinks you're dying, so it's trying to do you a favor. So this happens to men, but it also happens to women. Like if you have too much wine or too many margaritas or lo que sea, like you can have a hard time getting aroused and you can also have a hard time having an orgasm because of that alcohol level in your in your body. So, you know, you can have like one or two glasses of wine depending on your size. And um, so you can have that to relax and it might even make you more aroused. But after that, you're going to have a really hard time orgasming. Now, this isn't always the case, 
But if you already have trouble orgasming, you know, maybe lay off the alcohol a little bit. Um, but going back to whiskey dick in particular, um, if you find that you have sex with, um, you know, your partner or, you know, quien sea, and you've been drinking alcohol, or at least he's been drinking alcohol and he can't get it up, it's likely because of the alcohol. So just a heads up. So everybody digests um, alcohol differently, but you know, to be on the safe side, I would stick to no more than two drinks before having sex. So if you go say out on a date and you know that you want to have sex afterwards, like I wouldn't have more than two drinks. And I know that some people have a really high alcohol tolerance, but just to be on the safe side, I wouldn't have any more than two drinks just because of the impact that can that it can have on the body and the sexual arousal cycle. Um, you can actually not be drunk and the alcohol still have an impact on your body and the way that it responds. Um, so just to be on the safe side, no more than two drinks. And another, I guess this is like a public service announcement, buzzed or drunk people cannot consent. So I don't care if you knew what you were saying or not, buzzed or drunk people cannot consent. So if you say yes to someone while you are buzzed or drunk, that is not like technically legal consent. Because if if you, anybody, this is for anybody, man, woman, non-binary, lo que sea. If you have sex with someone and you give consent under the influence of alcohol or anything else, that does not count. That is like you being underage and giving consent. It does not count. You do not have the ability to consent because you are not in your right mind. So even if you're buzzed and you know, you're like, oh, like I wasn't drunk, I was just buzzed, it doesn't matter. You know how they say like, oh, buzz driving is drunk driving? It's the same shit. Like it is not consent. If you have sex with someone, especially if it is someone that you have never had sex with and they agree to have sex with you while they are drunk or while they are buzzed, that is rape, period. I don't want to hear any arguments about it. That's what it is, period. End of story. So I'm going to stop right there because I can go on forever talking about consent. And I'm definitely going to do an entire episode on consent and about how we need to teach it to our children and all that. But for now, um, I'm just going to stop there because that's not what this episode is about. And that's not what the question asker was wanting to know about anyways. So I have one last question for you. And that's, do you have weak pelvic floor muscles? Did you just find this out by listening to this episode? If so, take a screenshot of you listening to the episode, put it on your stories on Instagram and be sure to tag me and also write what was your um, like aha moment? Like, what did you learn by listening to this episode? I'd love to know. Make sure you tune in next week porque voy a soltar toda la sopa on Kegel weights, which are literally weights for your vagina. And if you found this um, episode interesting or informative, compártelo con una vecina, una prima y una cochina. If you'd like a question answered on the podcast, send me an email at sexandspanglish at gmail.com. Join me every week to hear me talk about orgasms, STIs, birth control, and all the other cochinadas your abuelas didn't tell you about. Until then, 
Be sure to follow me on Instagram for weekly topics and updates. And if you want Chisme before anyone else and early access to freebies, be sure to sign up for my email list. Simply head to the link tree located in my bio on Instagram and click on email me the Chisme. My link tree is also where you can get more information about how you can get personalized coaching from a Latina certified sex coach who can help you navigate your culture and your sexuality sin vergüenza. Instagram is where you'll find me discussing sex and my other passions, food, social justice, y Latinidad. It's also where you can access my Facebook and Twitter accounts. Make sure to follow me and leave me a comment on my social media platforms to let me know you heard this. Espero verte pronto.